Thanks for tuning in. Ham Talk Live will be on the air shortly. Please stand by. Thanks for tuning in. Ham Talk Live will be on the air shortly. Please stand by. This episode of Ham Talk Live is brought to you by Tower Electronics. For connectors, cables, and more, call 920-435-2973 or visit pl-259.com. And by ICOM. Heard it? Worked it? Logged it. Visit www.icomamerica.com slash amateur for more information about ICOM radios. It's Ham Radio. Good evening, everyone. It's time for Ham Talk Live, episode number 226. New kits for CW, recorded live on Thursday, September 3rd, 2020. I'm your host, Neil Rapp, WB9VPG. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Ham Talk Live. Tonight, we're joined by Joe Eisenberg, K0NEB, and we'll take your calls live in just a few minutes. Last week here on the show, R.J. Bragg, I used to just calling him R.J., but R.J. Bragg, WY7AA, was here to talk about the Come and Get Wyoming special event coming up here in just a few days. If you missed that, you can listen over at HamTalkLive.com anytime or on your favorite podcast app or on YouTube, and uh, you can catch us on WTWW on the rebroadcast Saturday afternoons at about 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time, and the frequency for that is 5.085 a.m. Again, WTWW is Saturday afternoons, about 3.30. It's the rebroadcast. So we're not live, so you won't be able to call in during that show, but you can listen over there and... um, Hope you do. Well, get your questions ready to go. If you're listening to us live on Thursday night, you can give us a call after the interview. Let me give you the phone number so you have it ready to go. Not time to call just yet, but uh, have it ready to go. It's 859-982-7373. 7373. That's the phone number. We'll open up the phone lines a little bit later in the show. And you can tweet us whenever you want, because I'll just check that uh, as I can throughout the show. And that's at Ham Talk Live over on Twitter. And if you're on Spreaker, you can type a comment in, and that'll come up as well. So I'll be back with Joe right after this word from Tower Electronics, right here on Ham Talk Live. Jerry, what's up, man? I haven't seen you at Sunbucks in a while. 
I used to see you every morning getting coffee. What's up? Well, I can't afford Sunbucks five days a week anymore. I had to spend my money on PL259s. You know, those antenna projects I've been meaning to do. I had to do them before my HOA finds out I have antennas. That's too bad, Jerry. I miss seeing you and catching up over coffee. You should get your PL259s from Tower Electronics. They have great stuff. Jerry, you're back. Oh, QRM Heterodyne Frappuccino. That's a good choice. How's it going? Did you get all those antennas up before the HOA police showed up? Yeah, I got them all done. Thanks for telling me about Tower Electronics. Now I can have my coffee. I just saved a bunch of money on my PL259s by switching to Tower Electronics. Don't get caught without PL259s. Visit Tower Electronics online at pl-259.com or at a ham fest near you. Or give them a call at 920-435-2973. And be sure to pick up some power poles, adapters, and cables, too. You're listening to Ham Talk Live with Neil Rapp. Yesterday, my XYL said she'd leave me if I didn't give up ham radio. Over. Welcome back to Ham Talk Live. Thanks to Scott and Jill at Tower Electronics for sponsoring the show tonight. They help bring you Ham Talk Live each and every week. You can visit them online at pl-259.com. And back with us tonight is Joe Eisenberg, K0NEB from Lincoln, Nebraska, and is well known for his kit building expertise. He is well known for his picture shows of Hamvention as well. He's the longtime kit building editor at CQ Magazine and often makes his presentations and kit builds at Hamfest conventions and club meetings. And uh, Joe started off at, at an early age back in 1969 as a ham. And, of course, the, he's, he's the guy at Dayton with the Dr. Seuss hat. Uh, if nothing else. So, Joe, welcome back to the show. It's been a little while, actually. Yes, it has, Neil. I, I thought it was only a few weeks ago, and it turns out it was March. So I'm glad to be back on. And and Scott and Jill from Tower Electronics, I highly recommend them because I tell people to have plugs, jacks, connectors, and so forth for their kits that they build, and they're the place to go. All right. Well, there you have it. They, uh are not out on the Hamfest tour again. I got a couple of them in, and then nothing, nothing going here. So hopefully we'll have some Hamfest. But pl-259.com, uh, don't let that stop you. Well, we, we're talking a little CW here tonight. At least to start off with, we'll we'll see how uh, time goes here. But uh, we're talking about a couple of CW kits tonight. So. Uh, you you can do this stuff. You're you're a professional, former professional broadcast. I mean broadcaster. So so <laughs> go go for it. Tell us about this uh, first CW kit. Okay, Neil. The first one is uh, it's a Morse code practice kit, and it's put out by the North Fulton Amateur Radio League, which is uh, from the Atlanta metro area. 
north side of Atlanta. And uh, nfarl.org is their website. And they sell these kits, I think, for about $10. And it's got two coin cells in it that power it, one transistor, a little beeper, uh, an LED, a switch, a couple of resistors, and a touch button and a jack. And that's pretty much it. And it fits. It's designed to fit exactly inside an Altoids tin. And it has a jack you can plug in an outside key uh, so you don't have to use the touch key. But it does fit in an Altoids tin, and it looks wonderful. And I'll be featuring this kit in the October edition of CQ Magazine. And it's a great kit for several reasons. One, it's an easy way to learn code. And number two, it is very, very simple to build. Uh, yes, you're soldering parts on a circuit board, but most are, are very easy to put on. And uh, it goes together uh, definitely in less than an hour. And uh, it's ideal if you're doing a group kit building experience because it's great for first-time builders because the parts are spaced quite a ways apart. So you're not going to have so much trouble in dealing with a crowded circuit board. Very low cost, very easy to put together. I'd say the most difficult part is when you mount it into an Altoids tin if you decide to do that. You have to drill like five holes in it, four for the mounting screws and uh, one for the uh, uh, external uh, key jack. But um, if you're doing a group and you have somebody who's got a drill press or something and can make a template, uh, they can drill these very quickly. And uh, Altoids tins are really kind of tricky to uh, drill. So what I did was I uh, 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 used a punch to make an indentation, then used a Dremel to uh, pop the first little hole in there, and then a regular drill to uh, make it the right size. And that seems to do it the best without tearing that very thin aluminum that's in the Altoids tin. Uh, but like I said, you can just close the lid and everything, and everybody thinks it's just Altoids, and you open it up, and there's your kit. And I'm going to turn it on. Like I said, it runs on two of these uh, coin cell batteries, like in your remote controls. And we'll see if we can make it beep. And there you go. Uh, it lights up a blue LED, and there's also a red LED on the touch module. Now, the touch module has a couple surface mount parts on it, but those are already done for you. All you have to do is solder a three-pin connector to that touch module and then solder that to the board. So it's not difficult at all, and it's a great deal for a first-time kit builder. So once again, the North Fulton Amateur Radio League from uh, uh, Fulton County, Georgia, nfarl.org, and I'm pretty sure it's around $10. And... Uh, uh, from what I hear, they're already getting orders based on just my social media mentions of this kit, and it will be in the October edition of CQ Magazine. So, All right, there we go. And uh, so, I actually you know, was it, visiting down there, and, and Audrey and, and Jack, uh, mm -hmm. a couple of our Yoda kids, are, are in the North Fulton Club. So that's a cool little kit for... Yeah, About and it's a, it's a great one, and and like I said, if you're doing a group kit build experience or something, uh, that's pretty much an ideal kit for that. Um, 
the next one is called the Morserino 32, which is at the opposite end of the spectrum in terms of complexity, in terms of uh, Morse code trainers. And this one, ha you know, costs $100 roughly. Uh, it's actually 85 euros, and it goes up and down a buck or so with currency fluctuations when you order it and put it on PayPal. Uh, but what this does is it has uh, an OLED display, and it's based on an Arduino Nano, and it will uh, let you use it as a regular keyer and keyer radio. Uh, it'll let you send with a straight key or with paddles, and it will decode what you're sending. Uh, you can also plug a receiver into it, and it will decode what you're hearing, which is pretty sweet. Uh, it comes with paddles. They're touch paddles. It's just made from printed circuit board material and plugs right into the kit. Um, you can uh, plug headsets into it so you can listen quietly. And it has two antennas. One's a tiny little curly cue and one's a bigger kind of a whip. And what that's for is it lets you transmit and receive CW wirelessly. One is called LoRa, which is low radiation UHF, and it's in the 433 megahertz band. But it's license free because of the, the power and the FCC definition of the device. It's basically a part 15 device. But it also has a full power Wi-Fi transceiver that works in the 2.4 gigahertz Wi-Fi band. And so you can actually connect it to your network like at home and then if you open a hole in the firewall, according to the instructions for a particular uh, uh, port, you can actually transceive with somebody else on the Internet outside of your network. So you can actually, with the Morserino 32, you can transmit and receive Morse code through the Internet to somebody else who has another unit like this. I say, you look at it, and if you ever saw my pictures of this thing, it's immensely complex. There's lots of surface mount parts and stuff, and guess what? You don't have to put any of those on the board. All you got to do is the through-hole parts. How many parts do you have to solder? Eleven. No toroids to wind or anything. I'd say the most difficult is dealing with the display because the very thin, fragile glass is used for the OLED display. And so you have to be really, 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 really careful to not crack it. And uh, so there's a few tricks you can use to get the uh, plug-in strips lined up with the main board and then solder them properly. And I go through that in, in an article that I'm writing for the November edition of CQ Magazine. We'll cover this kit. Um, it has a lot of different uh, functions. Like I said, it will send... Uh, random characters to you, random English words, and random normal CW abbreviations like C-U-A-G-N and stuff like that or R-S-T. It will send you all sorts of abbreviations that we use on CW, and you can copy those, and you can look on the screen uh, to check your work. And you can even scroll back several lines. Uh, I found that out. Uh, you power this thing. Uh, with a micro USB uh, type uh, cell phone charger. And that puts in more than enough current to run this thing. You can also get a small battery pack uh, 
and a lot of hobby shops for these uh, micro-size quadcopter drones. Uh, there's a particular style of pack that you can plug right into this. Now, what I did was I made my kit in such a way that I have that plug-in there. And so I can plug in the battery pack and power it if I wanted to, if I had one. But for right now, since I don't have it, the wire just sits there underneath the case. And I just plug in a normal cell phone charger. But if you have one of those little battery packs for a cell phone, to charge it, you can actually power this kit from one of those as well, as long as you just have a micro USB output. So that's the Morserino 32, and that comes all the way from Vienna, Austria, in Europe. And if you order it, um, it can take anywhere from one week to three weeks for it to get through the mail, depending on what's going on with the pandemic. So, Neil, there's two kits. Uh, believe it or not, with one having just a couple more parts than the other, but being super, super simple and inexpensive, and another one that's 10 times the cost and about 10 times the features, but uh, only 11 parts to solder. All right. Sounds like a couple of uh, great kits and some good practice uh, over the Internet with the uh, – with the. Um more expensive one you can just get on wi-fi and, and do some some practice without all the the band noise and everything to get uh, trained and and then you can start tackling the the noise so some uh, excellent choices there and i uh, look forward to uh to seeing those in cq magazine coming up soon in the next couple of months so sounds sounds good all right well, uh, we're going to take a break here and we'll come back. Uh, we've got a couple of questions for you already, and we've got some other stuff that we're going to talk about. So and they we'll even have do that. Kit. And yeah, we've got, got uh, a, a bonus kit to talk about tonight and, uh, and some other stuff going on with Joe. So we'll come back and do all of that after this word from ICOM America right here on Ham Talk Live. Get out and be active with ICOM's new IC705 and its optional multi-function backpack. The IC705 is your perfect QRP companion as you have base station features and functionality at the tip of your fingers in a portable package covering HF, 6 meters, 2 meters, and 70 centimeters. This compact rig weighs in at 1 kilogram or just over 2 pounds with RF direct sampling for most of the HF band and IC705. IF sampling for frequencies above 25 megahertz and a large 4.3 inch color touch screen with live band scope and waterfall. It runs 5 watts with a BP272 battery, 10 watts with 13.8 volts DC. You have sideband, CW, AM, FM, as well as full D-Star functions. The touchscreen, micro USB connector, Bluetooth, wireless LAN, integrated GPS with antenna and GPS logger, the micro SD card slot, speaker mic comes standard and supports QRP operations. And the perfect accessory for your IC705 is the optional back. Backpack LC192 with a special compartment for your IC705 and room for accessories for soda activations or just a day in the park. The IC705 has now received FCC certification and we expect product to be shipping to dealers by the end of September. Visit icomamerica.com amateur for more information on ICOM radios. 
Join the conversation. Give us a call at 859-982-7373. Again, the number to call is 859-982-7373. Or, if you'd rather type than talk, tweet us at Ham Talk Live. Now, here's Neil Rapp with more Ham Talk Live. Here's the snap. Rap takes the rig. He breaks through the pileup. He's on 80. Now 40. Now 20. 15. 10. Two meters. Touchdown. Ham Talk Live. Soon you'll know the rhythm of the code. A dit is a dot. A da is a dash. The rhythm of the code. Alpha. Bravo! Welcome back to Ham Talk Live. ICOM America is online at icomamerica.com slash amateur. Make sure to check them out and check out Ham Talk Live on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And uh, you can see what's going on with the show and all that kind of thing. And, of course... Our website, hamtalklive.com, where this show comes your way every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. And it's time for your calls now. So if you have a question for Joe, give us a call right now at 859-982-7373. Again, 859-982-7373. Or tweet us at hamtalklive. We have some tweets already and some comments on Spreaker. If you're on there, you can type into the comments. And if you're listening to us on WTWW or on the podcast edition, we're not live. So sorry, you won't be able to, uh, to call in. All right. Well, we've got some, uh, some things to talk about. Uh, but, uh, you know, speaking of, of ICOM, you've got, you've got a new ICOM. Yes, I do. Uh, uh, thanks to, uh, the fast service from HRO, I have an IC9700 in my shack. Ooh. And uh, uh, just starting to get things like the local repeaters and simplex frequencies and stuff into the memories. And then I'm going to start loading the satellite memories here shortly. And uh, uh, we're going to play around a bit and do some two-meter sideband and so forth and FT8 during the VHF contest. Really look forward to it. And the 9700 is a great radio. Oh, it is. I I am I'm drooling over one. I'm just thinking for satellites, you know, built-in recorder and everything all in one box. It's just yeah, um, must acquire at some point. And if it's you know how to run a seventy-three hundred, it it's the same. Oh yeah, so. yep. It's it is. It's the it's the same, and, and just just love it. So. Sounds good. Well, we've got some things uh, to talk about here, but uh, we, we have some tweets and some comments, so let's jump into those. And again, phone lines are open, 859-982-7373. So give us a call, and we'll uh, get your questions answered here by Joe Eisenberg, KZU-NEB, the kit-building editor from CQ Magazine joining us tonight. So uh, let's see. First of all, uh, 
John W4USF wants to know what has been your most favorite kit to build? Actually, the favorite one I had was probably one of the most well-documented instructions and, and everything of any kit that I built, and that is the Elecraft KX1. I did that several years ago. It has a very high parts density, so it's definitely not a beginner's kit. But it was my favorite because uh, it is so explicit in the directions and very much step-by-step and stage-by-stage. You can test it along the way. And um, just an excellent CW transceiver. Of course, they don't make that one anymore, but the KX1 was my favorite to build. Okay, there you go, John. And uh, so maybe you can build one. All right. Brett, WY7BG wants to know, do you have a kit for making a red and white striped hat? Well, you know, I could probably do that on the 3D printer, but it would be rigid, number one. And number two, I don't have dual uh, uh, extruders in my printer, so I can't do it with my 3D printer. I can only do one color at a time. Well, you could do white and then put the like red stripes with red electrical tape or something. Yeah, probably could or, or paint it or, or mark it somehow. <laughs> but, uh, um, but yeah, I don't have dual extruder on this system. All right. Jacob KG seven EQN wants to know on a scale of one to 10 with 10 being the most difficult to build, what score would you give that more Sereno 32? Actually, I'd give it a three or so, and the only reason I do that is because of how delicate and uh, uh, prone to breakage the visual uh, part of it is, the display. Uh, Very, very, very touchy, and I actually broke one when I first tried to assemble the kit, and uh, so I had to get another one from the manufacturer, which took a couple weeks. Uh, So... Uh, that would be the only thing that would make that a three, uh, surprisingly, for as sophisticated as it is. Okay, there you go. And Jacob also says, um, and, and I would agree, uh, I I'm, I'm still love the Xtronic soldering iron recommendation. So yeah, those have been very good. and They, they really and those- have. They, they, they're really good for the money. They hold the temperature real nicely, uh, very precise control. And uh, I have not talked to them lately. I'm going to uh, contact them since I'm home a lot more and uh, maybe visit them across town here and see uh, what they have. They are distributed from here in Lincoln. Yeah, they, uh, they've they been very uh, gracious to us for Yoda, too, and uh, really appreciate Very great supporters. Uh, very yes, great supporters of Yoda. Definitely uh, appreciate their uh, donation of the soldering stations uh, to use for our kit build coming up next summer. So, 859-982-7373 is the phone number if you'd like to call in and ask a question. 859-982-7373. Or you can tweet us or, or comment. And, and I... I I put it off. I didn't say it, but I think we finally got the audio issues taken care of. Because as sure as I say it, it, it it's going to act up. But uh, <laughs> we've had some terrible, terrible 
audio issues last uh, couple of weeks, uh, thanks to uh, your friendly Windows update, and, and found what it messed up. So I, I think we finally got it. Okay, Trip K5TRP wants to know what was the soldering iron they mentioned. So yeah, so so maybe you need to fill them in a little bit on Xtronic here. Yeah, it's, it comes from xtronicusa.com. Uh, and uh, this particular iron is the, in the 3000 series, and it has a digital display. It sells for roughly around $60, and if you have Amazon Prime, you can get free shipping on it. They do sell through eBay stores uh, directly also and through Amazon. And uh, it has, like I said, digital display. You can switch it from Celsius to Fahrenheit. Uh, it has a sponge tip cleaner and a nice holder for your iron, but it also has a brass and flux type tip cleaner on it as well and a soldering roll holder so your roll of solder does not go all over the table and so forth. So, uh, you know, when you're talking for $60 and getting something that's that precise and it takes Heiko tips so the the tips are widely available and they also sell extra tips as well while we're talking about soldering irons and we've talked about this on the show before but uh, since uh, we've got a couple people here listening that uh, were not familiar with that talk a little bit about uh having you know, and instead of just the old two dollar wood burner uh which which does work for for some things uh, talk about the advantages of having the the temperature controlled um, iron. Well, it's it's actually a real must, and the reason is uh, because the unregulated irons get way too hot when they're not being used, and when you use them, then they they cool off and sometimes are below the temperature that you want to flow the solder, and be because they are so hot. Uh, it can damage the printed circuit board by actually melting the uh, uh, leads off of the board. And so um, the other thing is, is that those, like you call them wood burners, that you can get for five or six bucks, uh, the tips are usually not very small either. And we're dealing with connections that are pretty small. And so by having the controlled temperature, um, you, you have a much, much, much greater chance of success. And let's go into the solder a bit, too. My doctor's prescription for uh, uh, solder is 6337, which is called a eutectic solder. Uh, it flows a lot better. Uh, it wets the connection. It flows through on a double-sided board, makes a very strong connection, has very little... Uh, plastic state, which means that uh, not prone to getting cold solder joints. Um, and what I recommend is 031 or 025 thickness, rosin core, no clean. And uh, it makes for a very nice looking solder job. On the bottom of the board, you might see little tiny uh, pieces of clear flux on there, which cleans off very easily with alcohol. Um but you're not going to have those ugly brown uh, blobs of flux that flow away from the connection. Okay, good stuff. All right, give us a call, 859-982-7373 if you have a question. 
Um, well, we, we said we were going to throw in a, a bonus kit uh, to cover here. So tell us about this uh, this other kit. Not, not CW kit, though. No, it's not CW. It lets you do FT8 and other sound card modes. It's called the uh, FT8 Phaser. And uh, it comes from Midnight uh, Design Solutions. And you can look them up on the web. And uh, the FT8 Phaser is a digital mode transceiver, but it has a uh, DDS synthesizer in it and two buttons on the front panel. The first one is defaulted to the FT8 frequency, and there's a way to play with the buttons, kind of using them like a key or paddle in the programming mode. You can program the alternate frequency button, which is the right button on the front panel, and that uh, can be set for like where FT4 is, like 14080, or you could set it to 070 to get on to the Olivia mode frequency or Hellschreiber or any of the other digital modes. This thing will do all those. It is a single sideband transceiver in that it transmits single sideband but receives double. And so the idea being that... Um, you don't take up as much bandwidth when you transmit as opposed to the DSB uh, transceiver kits. Now, there's four toroids to wind, and one of them is a uh, bifiler. Now, the good news is they already twist the wires together for you, and all the parts actually for the entire kit are already identified for you and pre-taped to these cards that are almost the size of like a 3 by 5 card. And you put them in a shoe box or one of those plastic shoe boxes for storage. And you can put the cards in there and you can pick your parts off of those cards as you build the kit. So you don't have to sort the parts out like I always preach in my seminars. It's already done for you in this kit. Okay, so there you go. You get get, uh, another one. You get three for the price of two tonight. And um, since it's a free show, you got all three of them for free. So (laughs) 859-982-7373 if you have a question about those. Um, Let's talk a little bit about, oh, here we go again, the pandemic. Uh, Have you seen any... Any supply issues, any shortages, anything like that going on? I know for a while there was some stuff, but uh, any, things any are news on that front. Things are slowly getting back to normal, or at least almost normal. There are supply issues, and lately there's been postal delivery issues, uh, especially on international mail. Um, uh, there's just odd shortages that show up with certain components and so forth that the kit makers have to deal with. So uh, it's a lot better than it was before, but uh, there are still some odd supply chain issues. Okay. Well, I, and I hadn't had a chance to tell you this. We, we got a note from uh, uh, the supplier of our uh, kits for, for Yoda Camp, and they said, make sure you check the ferrite rods because we had somebody to get a bunch of these and they were all broken. And um, Jocelyn finally was able to go through those last weekend. We found four. So apparently they, they had made a bad batch. And uh, so we, we did find four that uh, they're going to replace for us. But uh, Those are great little 80-meter 
Those are but, the yeah, 80 meter uh, DF kits. Those are very good. Yeah. I have one. Yeah, they're good kits, but uh, something just went wrong in the manufacturing in the middle of all of that <laughs> stuff and delayed everything. And, and apparently they, they got it a little, little wrong on the ferrite rods, but we're getting replacements for those. So, so there may be some little things like that that, you know, pop up and... Um, I know I got a shipment uh, from Spain. Actually, it wasn't electronic stuff, but it was like a month late. So there, it just depends on where it's coming from. But uh, there may be some some random things out there. But uh, yeah, I would that, I would say not expect the normal normal delivery times for just about anything for a while. But uh, the good thing is is that we're home and we're safe and we're able to spend that extra time uh, that normally I'd get to see all of you people. Uh, we can spend some of it building kits. And then next time I see everybody at Hamfest, uh, you can show me the kits you put together and uh, uh, I can take a picture of you with your uh, wonderful kit building work. Hey, there we go. Now and that you know leads me to the other question I had was, are, are you seeing a, a big surge in kit building here? Um, yes, very much so. Uh, most of the kit makers are telling me that there is definitely increased demand because people have more time on their hands. And uh, especially in the hottest part of the summer and colder parts of the winter, uh, people stay in their house more uh, in normal times. But now they stay home a lot more often anyways because they're not traveling very far. And they're spending the time to get the right tools and the right stuff and have success building their kits. And speaking of the tools, Chris, AA4CB says the 3000 station is great to use is uh, YL bought one on your recommendation and well bit and uh, get the extra tips in different sizes was his suggestion. So thanks for that, Chris. Um, what what's your ham fest schedule looking like are, are you are you booking anything here or is actually i'm still doing more. dead I, I i'm not going anywhere i'm sitting on like four or so plane ticket refund uh vouchers <laughs> and i've been doing a lot of zooms in fact i'm almost averaging a couple a week I'm doing. So a lot of local clubs are taking advantage of the fact that they're doing Zoom presentations and they don't have to fly me in. So I've been doing lots of Zoom presentations and making recommendations for kits for them to build as a group through Zoom. And uh, uh, I really, I, I only have one ham fest that insists that they're holding it and that's in Iowa. But uh, we'll see as that one gets closer. But uh, I'm probably not going to go anyways if uh, things are going the way they are. Yeah. It, it, it's it's sad because, you know, I, I don't get to a bunch of ham fests, but the ones that I do are really, really enjoy. And it's been a long time since I've been to a ham fest in my world anyway. So I'm, I'm, I'm ready to, to go back, but, uh, uh, you know, we're, 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 we're dealing with it as we can. Uh, John W4 USF wants to know any Heath kit builds in your distant past. Uh, I did a hot water seven. I did like three Heath kit hybrid phone patches, 
Um, I did a Heathkit keyer. Um, and when I was cleaning out stuff, I discovered that I have uh, an RTTY interface kit uh, that puts out serial data that I have not started. And it was sealed away. So it's one of those unbuilt Heathkit treasures. And I'm oh, debating wow. putting it together. Yeah. And, <laughs> and because somebody said, well, it's going to be worth a lot more if you don't touch it. But if you don't do it, what's it going to do? So yeah, uh, right. it might be an interesting it might be an interesting uh, column to uh, write about. It comes from the 1980s. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, I remember um, the the code oscillator, the paddles, and I, I found those. Uh, I was so glad to find those because I, I looked everywhere at my parents' house trying to find those things. And way back in the back of one drawer, I finally found those paddles that I helped uh, build with Heath, Heath kit. That's probably been my favorite kit build. And I must have been like nine, eight, <laughs> something like that. Yep. The other thing I've been doing is collecting things on my wall, so <laughs> it's going to be busy. <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk about that here in a minute. And and John's like, yeah, yeah, that's that's, that's money you got there in that unbuilt Heath, Heath kit uh, ready interface. So, hmm, that, that's that's a tough call there. Well, we're we're about out of time here, but. But yeah, let's talk about a couple of things that have gone up on your on your wall here. Congratulations um, on a couple of of really cool awards. Now I knew about the Yasmi Award because that's uh, that's that's big news. But uh, tell us a little bit about the Yasmi Award, and then we'll we'll talk about this other one that I didn't know about. Yeah, the Yasmi Award, uh, the Yasmi Foundation. Uh... Uh, was founded by the uh, uh, Colvins, who would take their sailboat all over the world back in the 60s and so forth. And and I used to listen to them as a shortwave listener before I even got my license. And they went on de-expeditions to all these rare islands on their boat. And then uh, after they passed away, they uh, there was created this foundation that finances de-expeditions, but now they also since I think 2006 or 2007, put out uh, one or two awards called the ASME Award of Excellence. And uh, I was awarded that for my uh, kit building teaching like we're doing tonight. And that was totally by surprise and very, very humbling. I, I was, it was just a total shock. And so up on my shelf above my HF rig is this beautiful cut crystal globe. And uh, it's not light either. It's pretty heavy. Well, that, that's a great award and well-deserved. And, and and then there's the Navy in Nebraska. <laughs> well, you know, in Kentucky, and you're, you've been there a few times. Yeah, oh, yeah. Kentucky has an award called Kentucky Colonels. And yeah. you're entitled to use the term Kentucky Colonel in your name if you have one of those. Well, Nebraska has admirals in the great Navy of the state of Nebraska. And of course, we're a landlocked state, 
by three states. You have to go through three states <laughs> before you can even touch water from here, at least ocean, uh, or the Great Lakes. So uh, they have the Great Navy of the state of Nebraska. And actually, it's considered Nebraska's highest honor. And uh, a nonprofit organization in Omaha uh, nominated me because they saw a social media post about my production with the 3D printer of uh, uh, face shields for Lincoln Fire and Rescue uh, for the pandemic. And uh, so I get this package from uh, Governor Pete Ricketts and uh, it says I'm an admiral in the great Navy of the state of Nebraska. And that sits below my clock. Wow, that's... Uh... That's a neat thing. So congratulations on that as well. A nice job with all the uh, face shields. And I, I, I bought one the other day, and I'm kind of thinking it may start getting put to use next week if that's allowable. I've got to go back face-to-face to, -face to uh, school to work. So uh, may may pull one of those out. Uh, they're very worthwhile. And I see somebody ask about QR, QRP transceiver yes, kits. Jim, N5 there's a, JVG. Yeah, there's a, a lot of them out there. I would say for your first QRP transceiver kit, I would recommend the Cricket series of CW transceiver kits from the four-state QRP group. And they're just about as simple as a Pixie, except for the receiver performance is incredible. I mean, absolutely incredible. And uh, they run on a 9-volt transistor battery. The CW straight key is part of the kit. You don't have to wind any toroids because it has... Uh, spiral wound coils, and it's designed by David Kripe, NM0S, who is a engineer for Collins Aerospace, that's Collins Radio in Cedar Rapids, and it's a very simple CW transceiver. It's fixed frequency, you plug in a crystal, but if you have uh, different crystals for the same band, you can interchange those. And it has a great, like I said, a great receiver. Uh, it sounds nice, and it runs on a 9-volt transistor battery. And every one that we put together as group kit builds puts out a full watt of CW. And very simple okay. to build. Well, there you go. Yep. Thanks for asking the question, uh, Jim. And uh, that's a good um recommendation those those crickets are are pretty cool and they, they've got a whole line yeah there's uh uh 80 40 and 30 meter versions from the four state qrp group all right well let's uh check here over on twitter and make sure we've got everything but i think we've uh, addressed all the questions tonight looks like we have so Joe, uh, any any parting comments here before we go? Uh, just if you have any questions, of course, I'm listed on uh, QRZ. And uh, I hope to at some point put a web page up that has all the links to kits that I mentioned and uh, kit manufacturers that make several kits. Uh, try to get all that kind of listed in one place and keep the data up to date. Um I uh, keep busy with the 3D printer and uh, making lots of presentations, and I truly enjoy being on your show, Neil. 
Well, we enjoy you being here, and and we we try to do that every so often, and we appreciate you jumping in here tonight and talking about some CW kits and and some other kit building stuff, and and look forward to seeing you. It's 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 been a little while. I think it's St. Louis. I think. Yeah, I think that's what it was in January. Yeah. So. Hopefully we'll uh, we'll get back on the Hamfest trail here before too long. So, well, we're gonna say that's a wrap for this week's edition of Ham Talk Live. Thanks to my guest Joe Eisenberg K0NEB and everybody out there in cyberspace for listening and typing in tonight. And uh, invite you back next Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern time. Andy Maluzzi, KK4LWR, and Tony Maluzzi, KD8RTT, will be here. And they're going to talk about the Collegiate QSO Party. So check that out. And for a list of all of our upcoming guests, visit hamtalklive.com. And if you like the show, please leave us a review. That helps others find the show faster. And, um, and, and it's kind of nice to hear from you. So. Please do that. All right. So for now, this is Neil Rapp, WB9VPG, saying 7375, and may the good DX be yours.